guys ever go on a dating game? Like The Bachelor? Yeah, well, like the old school dating game where it's like three dudes behind a, a curtain and you have to talk to them. I would like to say yes, but I don't know. What is that, like the 70s version of yeah. fucking Tinder? The Basically. mystery date. <laughs> I did like the game Mystery the Date when I was like growing up. I loved the I loved that board game. That well, there's a new one now where they dress people up as furries and see if they like. Ooh, stop it! Yeah, they connect on a date. A what? Yeah, it's fucking weird. What the fuck is this? Why have you not told me about this? Uh, I didn't want to send you down that rabbit hole. Is this like a show? Yeah. Oh shit! You I think don't. It's even... called like Sexy Beast or some <gasps> shit like that. Or I'm so excited. About what this. the yeah. what? It's like Can the the Pornhub version of uh, Fantastic it. Beast and Where to Find Them. Stop it! No, I love that movie. Why do you wait wait till we're on like recording to hold on a hold on a second? And you didn't tell me about this. No. Why? Because I I know you. <laughs> I didn't want to watch it for five hours today. <laughs> I, well, I know wa- what you're doing when I leave. No, I'm going to bed. Um. <laughs> So, guys, the killer we're going to be talking about today is known as the dating game killer. Rodney Alcala. Yeah. Mm. We had to do one serial killer for Summer of Slaughter. At least Yeah, we couldn't just leave it out. We couldn't leave a good, not a good, not a good guy, but like a good one. Yeah. One that's like not really mainstream. Yeah, I don't know why he's not more, like, mainstream. Like He they, might be more, pre- like, prevalent than any other serial killer. Do you think so? Uh, his estimated body count's really fucking high. It's, like, in the hundreds. Oh, I thought you meant, like, when you said, like, prevalent, like, widely known. That's what I mean. Like, he should be a lot more highly known than... Yeah. He's dead now, though. But, uh... As of, like, what, two days, like... Like a week ago? A week and a half ago? Yeah. So, before we get into Rodney Acala, welcome to Creeps in the Crypt, guys. Welcome back. We just unveiled our new logo this week. It's amazing! Huge logo. I love it. Huge upgrade. We're very excited about it. And we have different variants for the time of year it is. Yes. I love it. I love it so much. So, I'm Eric, and as always, I'm joined by... Sam. And Christian. I'm the brunette one. I'm the ginger. We all know I'm the ginger. <laughs> I love when we're picking out the logo. <laughs> it's like, what colors do you guys want? Yeah. I just want to be ginger. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> yeah. Th- these bitches are more worried about their fucking hair color than they were like <laughs> anything else. They're like, yeah, well, well, whatever. I just Make wanna... it spooky, but yeah. make sure I'm a ginger. Yeah, make sure she's a redhead. Make sure this one's like a slutty ghoul or something. <laughs> that's all I wanted in life. Make it spooky Doesn't and lovely. That... Yeah. That was literally what you said. Yep. You literally asked us about colors, and I was just like, I like green. And then I thought about it, and I was like, I don't really care what color that I am. I was like, yeah, just pick care. something. I pick just something want... spooky. No. You have to have her hair right. Yeah. Can't mess that up. All right. Yeah. Well, before this turns there. into a beauty podcast, <laughs> let's uh, let's get into the story of Rodney. <laughs> so, Rodney James Alcala was born to Raul Alcala Bucor and Ana Maria Gutierrez on August 23rd, 1943 in San Antonio, Texas, which is like my favorite place in Texas. He was, when he was eight years old, he moved to Mexico with his family 
and only to abandon them there three years later. His mother then moved Rodney and his sister to suburban Los Angeles in 1954. At age 17, Rodney entered the Army as a clerk. So what's really crazy is he enlisted at Fort Bragg in North Carolina. No way. Yeah. How did he get from San Antonio to Fort Bragg? Well, his mother moved him to L.A., so he got from L.A. Oh, yeah. To Fort Bragg. Then he went fucking AWOL and ended up at his mom's house months later, and she told him to turn himself in. And he did. Jesus. So after that nervous breakdown, he was medically discharged due to mental health issues. Then the intelligent young man with an IQ of 135 went on to attend UCLA. But he wouldn't stay on the straight and narrow for long. That's like Ed Kemper levels of IQ. He, Ed Kemper baffles me. He's probably one of my, my I, top three favorites. I can't favorite. wait to do that. I cannot wait for Ed Kemper. Maybe next summer of slaughter. <laughs> Why don't we wait that long? Yeah, I was gonna say you're gonna make her, you're gonna make all of us yeah, wait gonna, that long, I'm not make just you guys this edge. one. I'm gonna make you guys edge. I make Ed Kemper references at least twice a week. <laughs> He's great. I I love Ed Kemper. Anyway, make me seem crazier than I actually am. Like many serial killers, Rodney Alcala had a style, which he was fly. He definitely was. Snazzy dresser, sharp, sharp dresser. I know that perm. Perfectly feathered hair. Uh, that, my dream is to have that, cur- that curly of hair. Where it's like, just, I know, it just like, it's, not flaw- e- it's like perfect. It's not even really curly. Uh, it was just well, like, Quaffed. Yeah. It was quaffed. It was like feathered just right. Like, it was very 70s. Perfect. Except he had crazy eyes and they creeped me out. He was a creepy dude. He was a creepy guy. His signatures were beating, biting, raping, and strangling, often choking victims until the point of unconsciousness. Then once they came to, he would start the process over again. On his first known attempt at killing, he was successful at only two of these things. The victim was Tali Shapiro, an eight-year-old girl he lured into his Hollywood apartment in 1968. What's crazy about this story for Tali Shapiro is he would have got away with killing her if a person had seen her get into his car and Mm -hmm. followed him. And once they got out of the car and went into the house... The Good Samaritan called the cops. Mm-hmm. And the cops like showed up, and Rodney answered the door and said he just got out of the shower, but he wasn't fucking wet and he was just butt ass naked. Yeah. And the cops like fucking worked, barged his way into the house. <laughs> so uh, Rodney fled his apartment. And uh, when the police arrived, he remained a fugitive for years after. He moved to New York and used the alias John Berger to enroll in film school at NYU, where, ironically enough, he studied under Roman Polanski. You know, that's not going to be the last time Roman Polanski's name is dropped this summer. Mm-mm. No, it's not. A little foreshadowing for two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. On June 24th, 1971... 
Rodney had raped and strangled the woman Cornelia Crilly, a 23-year-old Trans World Airlines flight attendant. After being reported missing later that day by her boyfriend, police broke into her apartment to find her lying against an overturned bed with a rope tied around her neck. Her bra had been pulled up over her head, and someone had bitten her left breast. Oh. The case went unsolved until a breakthrough in 2011, almost 40 years after her murder. It's fucking, this dude is just unhinged. There's no better word for Rodney Alcala. Like, I don't even think he had a cool down period. No, I don't think so. Not much of one. He was just straight rage mode. Yeah, all the time. All day, every day. Constantly. Can't stop, won't stop. And he would like lure these girls in like. I think in uh, Cornelia's case, she was moving into her brand new apartment. And he, like, I guess he offered to help her take her stuff in. Well, so like Ted Bundy. Yeah, it, but it's reverse. very Ted Bundy esque. It, it's, but I feel like that's very common with a lot of these guys. It's like, I mean, what else were you, what, what else did you have? Like, you didn't have, oh, do you need help moving this couch or this yeah. mattress? And then yeah. you're bludgeoned over the head and being brutally strangled and raped. And very Ted Bundy-ish. I just wanted you to help me move my couch. Pivot! 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 No, he's going to pivot all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting sharp looks of disapproval from the room. <laughs> Not me. I laughed. Later in the summer of 1971, Rodney left New York City and began working as a camp counselor teaching film at an all-girls camp in George's Mills, New Hampshire. Oh, the perfect place for a guy who's going to, uh, you know, who has a track record of killing young women. Right. Perfect place for him. He even began a relationship with the owner of the camp's teenage daughter. But Right? In August of 1971, a couple of girls from the camp stopped into the post office where they saw the FBI's most wanted poster. One of the girls noticed a man on the poster looked like her favorite camp counselor, Mr. Berger. After being recognized thanks to an FBI poster, Rodney was finally identified as the perpetrator in the rape and attempted murder of Tolly Shapiro. He was arrested in 1971, but only sent to prison on charges of assault. Tolly's family kept her from testifying, making a rape conviction unattainable. Yeah, they had moved to Mexico and said they're not bringing her in on this. Which I kind of like. I don't blame them. But at the same time. If they had, he probably wouldn't have went and killed any more women. Hmm. 50-50, What was his sentencing for that, for assault? Um, so he got a year to life. <laughs> That's a big range. Yeah. So it was up to the parole board. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Even worse. Mm-hmm. Because they make such great decisions. Clearly. <laughs> After spending three years behind bars, he decided to pick up a 13-year-old girl and drove her to Huntington Beach, where he pressured her with pot and was approached by a park ranger. Rodney was quickly arrested. He soon spent another two years in prison for supplying drugs to a minor and violating his parole. Then, in June of 1977, authorities regrettably 
let Rodney travel to New York to, quote, visit relatives. Investigators now believe that within seven days of his arrival there, he killed a college student named Ellen Hover, who was the daughter of a popular Hollywood nightclub owner and goddaughter of both Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin. What's crazy about this is during this time when in June of 77, this is when Son of Sam was like popping the fuck off, like just murking people in lovers' lanes. Mm-hmm. And this was also during the blackout in New York. So during that same time, that's when she disappeared. He killed the daughter, the goddaughter of a Rat Pack uh, a member. Fucking crazy. That's some ballsy shit, This homie. dude is ballsy from start to finish. Like, wasn't the Rat Pack like the mob, too, or whatever? Yeah, I mean, that's who they hung out with. La- so, a lot of people thought this was, like, a, a mob-related, like, yeah. crime thing or ransom. Like, they reported in the newspaper she was an heiress. Mm-hmm. So, the family ended up spending tons of money and, like, rewards and all sorts of shit. And it just, just kept coming inf- up empty. Yeah, just for information. Yeah. That was just, like, <laughs> the cojones. I don't think that he he most definitely probably didn't know, but I bet you that I feel like you would know. Well, when police searched her apartment on her calendar, it said John Berger photographer on the 15th. Mm -hmm. Oh, like she had a photo shoot with him. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like a date set to, to meet this guy. And when they questioned him, when they questioned John Berger about it, uh, He's like, well, you know, I dropped her off, and that was it. <laughs> he dropped her off, all right. Yeah. Where in the woods, or in a ditch? Yeah. Well, body wouldn't be found till over a year later, which is crazy. And of like, like all the mob connections and the Rat Pack and all that, it took a year. I think they were dealing with some other stuff in the seventies. Yeah, I mean, we are talking about like the height of. All the shit going on in New York. Yeah. So. Still. Still wild. I feel like the mob has like other connections. Mm-hmm. On November 10th, 1977, the body of 18-year-old Jill Barkham is found in the Hollywood Hills. She'd been sexually assaulted. Her breasts were bitten. She was bludgeoned and strangled with a pair of blue pants. She was positioned partially kneeling in the middle of the road on Mulholland Drive. They initially thought that she was the victim of the Hillside Strangler. What's really wild is um, only 1% to 2% of murders involve posing. Mm -hmm. And these are like the sickest of sickos that pose victims. And Rodney Acala... This is one of the sickest of sickos. Yes, he is. It's, it's normally a sign of a serial killer. December 16th, 1977, Georgia Wixton, a 27-year-old nurse, is found beaten to death at her home in Malibu. She was supposed to pick up a friend for work, but never showed up. Police did a well check on her and found a box moved underneath a window and the screen was out. She had been brutally sexually assaulted and strangled, and she was also found in a kneeling position. 
Soon after all this, Rodney somehow got a job at the LA Times as a typesetter in 1978 under his real name, <laughs> which was now attached to a substantial criminal record. The cojones on this guy. The cojones. He's just like, whatever. It's they're, fine. They're going to get me eventually. Yeah. A typist by day, by night, he lured in young girls to be a part of his professional photography portfolio. Some of them never to be heard from again. Oh, so you picked and choose? I mean, this guy would just walk up to girls on the street or on the beach and just be like, hey, I'm a photographer. Can I take your photo? I'd be like, buzz off, buddy. He should He should have came to Myrtle Beach and worked in the nightclub circuit. Yeah, seriously. The murder scene. No, he shouldn't have. <laughs> he should have stayed where he was. There's all sorts of <laughs> photographers that stalk the nightclubs and be like, can I take your photo? Uh, no. Every time no, those no. come up on my timeline, I'm like, mm. oh, those blue monkey ones or whatever. Beach, Beach monkey. monkey. Yeah. Ew. I know. They come. I'm like, no. Those need to stay in the depths of hell where they belong. There's a few of me on there. With oh, like double I've... fisting and shit. Mm. Ugh. I think there's one of me asleep at the bar. I fully believe that. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. It was at Magoo's. I've seen you pass. Also fully believe that. I've seen you pass out here a couple times. No, this was like full on face down at the bar. And like they went to go take my drink and I was like, nah, I'm still drinking that. They're like, you were fucking passed out. <laughs> Typical Magoo's things. Yes. June 24th, 1978, Charlotte Lamb, a 32-year-old legal secretary from Santa Monica, is found in the laundry room of an El Segundo apartment complex. She was found naked with her arms bent and propped up behind her. She had been sexually assaulted and strangled with a shoelace. Her earrings were missing that she was previously known to have been wearing. That's one thing that's going to keep coming up is that they never find any jewelry on these bodies. So he's clearly taking it as trophies. Uh Uh-huh. And that's going to bite him in the ass later. In 1978, Rodney was accepted as a contestant on the dating game. Despite being a convicted rapist and a registered sex offender, host Jim Lange introduced him as, quote, a successful photographer who got his start when his father found him in the dark room at age of 13, fully developed. Bad Ugh. 70s joke. Ugh. Terrible joke. Between takes, you might find him skydiving or motorcycling, mm. end quote. I find that those are conflicting things. Maybe murdering and raping. He's, I mean, he's an ad- adrenaline junkie. Is how they like painted him in the fucking dating game. And you can find that episode on YouTube. So if you want to go and watch it, it's really like knowing what we know about him now, super fucking off-putting and creepy. He's creepy. He won a date with Bachelorette Cheryl Bradshaw, who subsequently refused to go out with him. According to published records, she found him, quote, creepy. Jed Mills, an actor who sat next to Rodney on stage as Bachelor Number 2, later described him as a very strange guy with bizarre opinions. So when Cheryl was asking questions to the Bachelors, she asked Rodney, Bachelor Number 1, what uh, time of day was his best time? And he replied to her, the best time is at night. 
That's so creepy. So off-putting. Yeah. It's fucking chilling. Because yeah. he's like, we know what he's doing. Yeah. We know what he has done in both daylight and nighttime. Yeah, I really don't think he gave two fucks at what time of day it was. Literally none. Honey Badger gave zero fucks. In February. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got both of you guys on that one. I'm going to call it and give no fucks. <laughs> in February of 1979, right after being on the dating game, Rodney picked up 15-year-old hitchhiker named Monique Hoyt. So this is like right after him getting rejected by the the bachelorette. Cheryl on the Bradshaw. Show. Like she was just like, nah. She called the show even. Yeah. And was just like, Do I have to go out with this fucking weirdo? He's and, creepy. And the girls and the producer was like, Fuck no, you don't need to have to go out with him. If you if you feel uncomfortable, Hell don't no. don't go out with him. Which ultimately saved your life. Mm-hmm. Most likely. He, so, he drove Monique about 75 miles outside of Los Angeles. He took her to a wooded area. He asked her to pose for some photographs, and she agreed. During the photo shoot, he bashed her over the head with a rock. Ouch. <laughs> right? She woke up with her hands and feet bound. Then he continued to beat her, sexually assault, and rape her. He then strangled her till she lost consciousness. When she regained consciousness, she told Rodney she was sorry and that this was all her fault. Rodney then began crying and untied the bindings. That I'm not sure why he did. I'm not sure why he, like, had a mental breakdown over this one. Mm, I don't know. Because. Maybe he just wasn't expecting her to be like, I'm sorry. He's like, I guess she was, like, begging for her life, saying whatever she could do to get out of it. But I I guess that, I don't, I don't know. I guess. It caught him off guard. Yeah. She then asked him if she could go clean herself off, and he drove her to a gas station to use the restroom. Once away from him, she ran to call the authorities. Soon, smart girl. Right? Like. Fight or flight. Very smart girl. At fifth, uh, what was she, 15? 15. 15. 15-year-old hitchhiker. That's some, like, Mary Vincent Who the Vincent fuck lets your kid hitchhike at 15? Uh, well, it's usually the 70s. Yeah, Usually when they're hitchhiking at 15, they've ran away. Yeah. Normally, it's not like their parents are like, oh, yeah, figure it out. Yeah. How would you feel like you're like, yeah, I got my whole life ahead of me. Oh, never mind. Now they'd all be on TikTok. It'd be like their life journey. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Like and subscribe for part two. Yeah. (laughs) God. Soon after, he was arrested for kidnapping and sexual assault. His bail was only $10,000, which his mother paid. Now free while he waited for his his trial. The fact that they gave him bail after his... After just all the shit. All the shit is, is stunning to me. Yeah. I also have to think about like the times that this is going on and how bad L.A. really is. Like... Their, their jails were probably so crowded with other shit that they were like, yeah, we're just going to set his bail at this and just get him the fuck out. But I feel like if I had Rodney Alcala in my jail, I'd be like, don't let him out. <laughs> yeah, the guy has proven to be a flight risk. He's proven that... He's brutal. Sadistic and... 
not he even he charms a... these fucking people. He Sh- char- yeah, he his charms must these. Have put up a huge sob story for him to get get him out. I mean, when they did that, because you know, like normally with that, well, no, they set his bail before his mom came up there, mm-hmm. right? Usually, his mom paid it. Yeah, I mean, it's what the hell? it's fucking insane. The year after the dating game appearance, 17-year-old Leanne Leadham was lucky enough to walk away unscathed from a photo shoot with Rodney Alcala. And she remarked how he, quote, showed her his portfolio, which in addition to shots of women, included spread after spread of naked teenage boys. The guy's just a pedophile. He just swings both ways. He's got, like, no preference. He... But I don't know if he ever killed any boys. I mean, he so he may just like to look at him. I'm not sure. I think maybe. Well, then this may have been. Maybe he really was. I mean, he did photography. Maybe he did do it in an artistry way that he was like. He's like, oh, you know what? I got to keep the appearances up. That it's not. I don't just do just women and men. You know. Well, he's I not know. the guitarist from the Who. <laughs> he's not doing it for research. <laughs> Police have since released parts of Rodney's portfolio to the public to aid in victim identification. Over the years, a few have stepped forward to reveal their horrifying moment with this predator. And they have solved a few. Mm-hmm. Just by this. the... Just from the photos that the families are like, yeah, they that that's them. Mm-hmm. June 14th, 1979, Jill Parento, 21 is found strangled on the floor of her Burbank apartment. The case that would finally break Rodney Alcala's killing spree was that of 12-year-old Robin Samso. She disappeared from Huntington Beach, California, on her way to ballet class on June 20th, 1979. So, think about the two dates. His cool-down period is six fucking days. Yeah. Six days at this point. That's insane on any account Mm -hmm. that's full-blown berserker mode yeah i can't wait can't stop won't stop like he's got it he's got to get a fresh one yeah robin's friends said that a stranger approached them on the beach and asked if they wanted to do a photo shoot they declined and robin left borrowing a friend's bike to hurriedly get to ballet at some point between the beach and class robin disappeared Nearly 12 days later, a park ranger found her animal-ravaged bones in a forested area near the Pasadena foothills of the Sierra Madre. Upon questioning Robin's friends, a police sketch artist drew up a composite and Rodney's former parole officer recognized the face. Between the sketch, Rodney's criminal past, and the discovery of Robin's earrings in Rodney's Seattle storage locker, Police felt confident that they'd had their man. They also found rolls and rolls of undeveloped film that they looked through. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just more and more women. But this piece of shit, when he was being questioned, was tracing his finger around the faces of his victims like he was reliving every moment uh, of the killings. Or it was like an attempt to troll the cops. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm probably leaning more towards him reliving each and every killing when they like bring out a victim's uh, face. I mean, 50-50. Maybe a little of both. Yeah. 
Just to, like, fuck up the cops a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, Son of Sam, he was like, yeah, now most of that was for show. <laughs> like, most of his, like, crazy shit. Yeah. Like him being... Well, we'll save that for that episode. Okay, sorry. Because we can do a whole episode on Son of Sam. Nice. But beginning with the trial in 1980... Robin's family would have to follow a rather long and winding road to justice. The jury found Rodney guilty of first-degree murder, and he received the death penalty. However, the California Supreme Court overturned this verdict due to the jury being prejudiced. They felt by learning of Rodney's past sex crimes. It took six years to put him back on trial. Just disgusting. What? I have no words. I have sounds. It's it's going to get dumber. It's going to get fucking dumber. Like, the fact that they had the guy. Mm-hmm. What's prejudice about murder? I don't think that's because prejudice. Because they, presen- they presented uh, sex crimes. The, the case against uh, Tali Shapiro. Uh, that they had already... Yeah, so they brought up, like, previous crimes he'd done, and you're not supposed to be tried twice for the same crime. It's double jeopardy. Yeah. But he wasn't being tried for that. He wasn't, but once you start putting information like that into a trial... Oh, he is a bomb-ass defense lawyer who was like... Oh, yeah, his defense attorney was... was, like, nope, you can't bring that up. Yeah. At the second trial in 1986... Another jury sentenced him to death. And this one didn't stick either. Fucking disgusting. A Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals panel overturned it in 2001. LA Weekly wrote, quote, In part because the second trial judge did not allow a witness to back up the defense's claim that the park ranger who found Robin Samso's animal-ravaged body in the mountains had been hypnotized by police investigators. <laughs> oh, God. That fucking got him off. During the years he's been incarcerated, Rodney self-published a book called You, the Jury, in which he proclaimed his innocence in the Robin case. He hotly contested the DNA swabs done on prisoners periodically for the police department's evidence bank. Rodney also brought two lawsuits against the California penal system, one for a slip-and-fall accident and another for the prison's refusal to provide him with a low-fat menu. That's not California. I really don't what know what it is. What a fucking asshole. Like, I have to have special meals. I need to like, have my avocado toast. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I'd be a little salty that I couldn't have avocado and toast And then a slip-and-fall accident. So... What, they, he wanted them to put money on his fucking books because he slipped and fell? Like, Watch where the, you're going, get homie. Get the fuck out of here, man. Rodney would announce, to much surprise, that he would be his own lawyer in his third trial. Even though now, 31 years after Robin's murder, investigators also had concrete evidence against him on four different murders from decades past. Thanks to the prison's DNA swabs. The prosecution was able to combine these new murder charges along with Robin Samso in the 2010 trial. Yeah, so he wasn't tried for that until 2010. 
So I don't remember any of this happening. Yeah. It was fucking dumb. During the trial, have you ever seen Portlandia? No. So Fred Armisen does a character that owns a feminist bookstore. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can fucking find this picture. But he looks exactly like Fred Armisen's uh, feminist bookstore owner. In I the, can't believe this was Or Howard Stern. Or like... It's like 30 years. He, he's got like an aged Howard Stern. Like if Howard Stern had gray hair. I'm just blown away by the fact that it was this. This was in 2010. Yeah. 11 years ago. So you've seen like Fred Armisen um, or Rodney Acala in jail, right? Mm hmm. This is Fred Armisen doing the feminist bookstore owner. Oh my God. He looks exactly like that. 100%. Look that shit up. It is fucking hilarious. As soon as I saw him, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) During the 2010 trial, the jurors were in for a bizarre ride. Rodney Alcala, acting as his own attorney, asked himself questions, referring to himself as Mr. Alcala, in a deep voice, which he would then answer. (laughs) What a fucking asshole. This dude is such a piece of shit. I hate him. He... How he didn't get fucking shivved in prison, I don't know. The peculiar question and answer session continued for five hours. He told the jury that he was at Knott's Berry Farm at the time of Robin's murder. Dude, the... you can tell this man has been incarcerated for far too long that he can have a conversation with himself Making voices. for five fucking hours. Where were you on the night of the <laughs> I was at Knott's Ferry Farm. They what? Have great, they have great fro-yo. Oh my God. He also played dumb on the other charges and used an Arlo Guthrie song as part of his closing argument. Ugh. I'm so done with this. This guy, fuck him. Fuck him to the 10th degree. Rodney Alcala simply stated that he didn't remember killing the other women. The only other witnesses for the defense, psychologist Richard Rappaport, offered the explanation that Rodney's memory lapse could be equated to his borderline personality disorder. The jury, not surprisingly, found Rodney guilty of the four DNA-backed charges and also found him guilty on killing Robin. A surprise witness at his sentencing was Tali Shapiro, the girl that Rodney had raped and beaten within an inch of her life about 40 years before. Shapiro was there to witness as justice for Robin Samso, Jill Barkham, Georgia Wixton, Charlotte Lamb, and Jill Parento had finally been achieved. The court handed Rodney the death penalty again for the third time. Third trust of charm. Apparently not because he died of natural causes. Wait, way to spoil the fucking ending, Sam. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus. I was trying to edge the listeners for that. God damn. I mean, he did sit on death row. Right, but what's the point of death row if you're not freaking killing them? He never got a final meal. Well, I guess that kind of makes me Was feel it better. low fat? He never got it. 
I guess that would be low fat. It was no fat. <laughs> Nothing. Since that trial, investigators have continued to link the dating game killer to many other cold case murders, including two to which he pled guilty in New York in 2013. The full extent of his crimes may never be known. Like I said, they, they think he's killed over 100 women, mm-hmm. um, which is just astounding because he legitimately... He could have. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the times, these serial killers have these inflated fucking numbers. Re- very rarely do you get one that's like, yeah, that that seems about right. Yeah. While sitting on death row in California, Rodney Alcala died of natural causes at age seventy-seven on July twenty-fourth, twenty twenty-one. What's What's crazy is most of his killings. Happened in the summertime, and he died in the summertime. I guess that's a little poetic. It is a little little poetic, mm-hmm. since it is our summer of slaughter. Mm-hmm. He was not slaughtered. I wish he was. It, yeah, it would have been a lot cooler if he went out like Dahmer. Yeah. Just beaten to death in a weight room. <laughs> or oh my god, that, weight. Oh, that would have been better. That would have harkened back to uh, Tali Shapiro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Immediately. Some of his victims spoke up, expressing their relief that the dating game killer was finally, truly gone. Quote, the planet is a better place without him, that's for sure, said Tali Shapiro. It's a long time coming, but he got his karma. Oh, sort shut of. up, bitch. If no, you we didn't. If you would have just came back from Mexico, this would all possibly... No, I feel like a lot of times when you guys bring up these damn serial killers that if somebody would just, it's like the perfect storm. If somebody would have just done one thing, they wouldn't go on these damn and streets. That was that one I believe thing. a lot of it is incompetence in police work mm-hmm. in, the, in that era. Yeah. Because nobody wanted, there was no like database and DNA and they just didn't have the technology for it. And that's eventually, that's really what fucked Rodney Acola was DNA evidence. Well, there's a, there's an active, very active serial killer in Atlanta right now. I do remember you messaging me about that. I did. Well, let's hope they find him so we can do an episode on him and he doesn't kill anybody else. That's it. That's, that's all you got for me? <laughs> well, no, I just... Part uh, of me is, ex- is morbidly excited that there's a serial killer. And I feel really bad saying that, but it's... We are living in the time... Of an active serial killer. Oh, they say there's at least five or six active. I know, but times. they're like they're live reporting. Like we don't know. How, I mean, like other serial killers aren't being reported. This is a I live feel like it's hard to be serial, a serial killer, killer these days. And we got one. We got a live one. It's probably some like homeless guy with no cell phone <laughs> and no body hair because they still don't know who it is, and it's. It's been more than one girl. Obviously, it's a serial killer. Is it hookers he's, they're killing? No, it's no? Like, no. No. Oh, that's that's different. I know. So, uh, guys. Christian. What, what do you think of Rodney Acola? I don't ever want to date again. Well, You're married. Ho- hopefully, so. you won't have to. Thank you. Thank you for marrying me so I never have to go on a lame-ass dating show. <laughs> well, 
Anytime. Glad I could take that burden off your shoulders for you. It's not really a burden. Being married is a burden. Uh, okay. <laughs> I just wanted to mess with you. I wanted that's that's it, some, it. some rude shit, man. All right. I'm going to slowly back out of this room right now. All right. Um, All Sam, right. you dropped the socials. <laughs> no, that was just a call. I'm messing with you. Don't get your panties in a wad. I'm not. I'm freeballing right now. I knew you were going to fucking say that. I knew it. You know me so well. I do. <laughs> You're my shining star. Mm. Drop You're my socials. dirt star. Oh, a dirt star. I'm just, wait, what? Oh. Oh. Okay. Do you know what a dirt star is? Is that like a butthole? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am an asshole. I know that. You're our asshole. Well, you, just, you just spent like 40 seconds victim blaming. <laughs> Not even like a minute and a half ago. <laughs> I know I am. It's okay. And then you came at me. I deflect. Yeah. Put that on the list. I didn't even come after you. <laughs> a Sam with the check off. <laughs> Put that on the list. <laughs> Why Christian's a psychopath. Speaking of psychopaths, make sure you guys, if you would like to hear more about our tomfoolery. Yes. And the other nonsense that we bring up, murder, creepy, all that good stuff. Continue on with us on this journey that Eric has taken us on for the summer. Instead of going on camping trips or vacations. Or, or dating games. Or dating games. Or cooking out. We're doing this. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to hear more episodes, you can actually download and follow the show which i would highly recommend and actually encourage you to do yeah um, we're funny follow the facebook you can follow us on facebook at creeps in the crypt and you can also follow us on instagram same name um and i hope you guys really like the new logo we love it when we i'm were, obsessed when we saw the blank one without the color me we were all like oh. it yeah. was even nice air leaving it. air leaving <laughs> I feel like I'm being strangled on my own. My non-existent soul left my body. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us. I'm going to go sleep on the futon tonight. <laughs> and um, guys, stay creepy. Stay creepy. Bye. Bye. Bye.